Yes, that is the voice of a uh, uh, PhD student in medical humanities and psychology and a spiritual healer, Usnetemba uh, Nombala Makanya, and uh, she's linked with the uh, Institute for Social and Economic Research at uh, the University of the Witwatersrand. You would recall in the conversation we had with her last week, of course, uh, us at least delving into some of these issues, but I, I do feel that we touched on just the surface level uh, when it comes to those issues. So we felt it important, uh, least of all in response to your uh, reception of the conversation we had uh, to pick this one up again and uh, allow me at this point uh, to welcome uh, Snetemba to our studio. Uh, ah, let's do that again. Let's do that again. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us again. Now, uh, I mean, I want us maybe to start off here in relation uh, as we pick up our conversation from last week uh, to talk about something that uh, one of our listeners yesterday, uh, Monwai, raised. Okay. And we were talking to, uh, you know, uh, Professor Glenda Gray. Um, she's from the South African Medical uh, Research Association. Yeah. They're working on HIV AIDS. And uh, and, sh- and uh, Monwai asked a very interesting question. And he said, in this AIDS conference in Nile, yeah. how many of, uh, you know, African healers, and I, and I want to use that particular word because I think it comes from a certain vantage point. Yeah. How many of our own healers um, here on our continent mm-hmm. are part and parcel of this research process that you're undertaking mm. um, and uh, is, are there some gaps in how we think of innovation that potentially could be plugged uh, by African modes of spirituality, cosmos and healing yeah. um, and I think you know that question applies to AIDS as much as it would I guess to, to what we're going to be discussing um, today and continuing to discuss which is around mental health yeah um yeah, no, it's 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 very important. So actually, um, in the literature, traditional healers were incorporated into or biomedicine started thinking about them in relation to the HIV and AIDS mm. pandemic, and it was mainly around how sometimes traditional therapies hamper the process of healing in terms of biomedicine because mm. no palaza, you take out um, the pills that you're yeah. taking or they wanted to use traditional healers in terms of adherence so they could talk to people. But in those interventions, it's always been the traditional healer as an added extra. Mm. So the time wasn't taken to understand from how do these traditional healers understand HIV and AIDS, and I suppose in this case, mental health, how do traditional healers treat mental health, HIV and AIDS and other illnesses? Mm. It's always kind of been biomedicine has had this plan and the traditional healers fit into a corner of the plan, which is why I think the type of work that myself and a lot of other people are doing is important to say okay yeah we understand that we can come in and help mm. but not as an afterthought understand where we come from understand how we understand these ailments sure. and then how we think because we've always been told how we fit into everything mm. how we think we can fit into what you guys are trying to do mm. let's talk about uh, i guess uh, this particular issue of mental health we started yeah. yesterday and we spoke um, last, week, last week and we spoke about you know the environmental factors that lead to the kinds of traumas that, of course, then um, present themselves in the form of all manner of mental ailments, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And, and of course, the the root of those in our own African experience and in instances where uh, Abandu Beitu are trying to communicate with us, that often is interpreted as certain kinds of uh, sort of a mental ailments in the Western canon. And Mm -hmm. uh, I want us to continue on that vein. Um, How do we find a synthesis uh, in a way one where you know african healing is not just seen as a nice add-on 
and uh, if indeed we are then pressed for resources, say keep, mm, but mm-hmm. as something that is integral and central mm. uh, to that kind of clinical approach. I think the answer to that goes actually back to the conversation we had last week when we say, but what is the knowledge system? Mm. And are you aware of the knowledge system that comes with all of these traditional therapies? And so needless to say, actually, we do need more resources to... Mm. Research, And when I say research, not in the Western sense, sure. but to research our methods to understand how they fit into this mental health um, epidemic that's not all of a sudden, but it feels like it's all of a sudden taken over. Mm. And so I think when we can sit down at the table and we understand that this is how biomedicine works and this is how traditional healing or traditional therapies work, this is what we understand mental health to be from our perspective, but we also do realize that you understand it in a way that we don't understand. Mm. And then let's talk about it, but being equals sure, on the sure. table, non, being, non, being part of... Mm. So um, in my research, I have respondents, but I also have co-researchers mm. and people who are working with me to actually look through what theories are coming up from what we're speaking about. And so let's not be respondents. Let not, let's not be research participants. Let us be co-researchers. Mm. Mm. Yeah. How, how does that fit into... Because there's a big ecological debate happening as well, right? Mm. Uh, as a Bandabamnyama, we use a lot of uh, amakriza and certain roots and certain you know things that are found in nature yeah. uh, as part and parcel of that clinical response. And mm. uh, more and more, we're finding this assault on our environment. Uh, we, we've seen instances, for instance, of uh, the plant hudia, which uh, <laughs> historically has been used by African people for all manner of things that yeah. now is... Uh, you know, uh, one, many people are trying, one, to take the IP in order to commoditize it and then, of course, uh, commercialize it in ways that will make it uh, seemingly inaccessible mm. uh, to us. And we'll come back to that on the other side of this. Some throwbacks deserve a comeback, like Amakum Kezlela, Moonbags, and even the greeting, Who's It? That's why Hunters, the original cider, is on a mission to refresh cool and bring back the old school. All you got to do is follow at Hunter Cider on Facebook, share throwbacks that deserve a comeback, and you could win some refreshing prizes. Hunters, refreshes like nothing on earth, drink responsibly, not for sale to persons under the age of 18. Fifteen minutes it is now after 8 p.m. And uh, we're having part two of the conversation we started last week on mental health and uh, healing and treatment uh, with uh, Snatemba Makanya, PhD student in medical humanities and psychology and also a uh, spiritual healer. And uh, she joins us here in studio. Now, before we went to the break, Ekoko, uh, one of the things we were talking about was from an environmental and ecological perspective. There are many things that have been part of um, the clinical response of uh, our own spirituality as African people mm. that are now under threat. And I made the example of Hudia, oh, for instance, yeah. which was then uh, ended up being used for some sort of um, dieting weight treatment loss. or weight loss and that kind of thing. And yet this thing has roots in uh, not only our own Guni cultures, but even in Khoi culture as a root and a bulb that is used for different kinds of things. Yeah. How big a threat is that? And uh, more importantly, what uh, limitations does it place uh, to our centering uh, uh, some of uh, our own heritage and our mm. own heritage of healing um, in, in this conversation. Yeah. So I think the issue with traditional healing being an afterthought mm. is that you don't understand the relationship between the man and the environment. Mm. So last week we kind of touched on the nature of the human as sure. a structure. And then the human within a cosmology also means that there's a structure. Mm. And so 
Hodia, for example, doesn't work on everyone because sure. and so this is what pharmaceuticals tend to miss when they're like, oh, traditional healing, there's, there's, a, there's a medicine there that we can test. And then they take it, they put it in the lab, they test it, molecules, what, 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 what. And then they come up with a chemical structure that's supposed to work for something. Mm. And yes, immunity that we use do have physical benefits, but they also have spiritual benefits as well. And so just like we spoke about the human being three-dimensional, mm. even immunity are three-dimensional, animals are three-dimensional, etc., etc. And this is the ecological aspect of traditional healing. Mm. And so it's as simple as the practice of ukhambu yokimit. Sure. You go there, you lay down an offering before you dig up mm. that root. So now imagine pharma- um, pharmaceutical companies coming in. There's been a route that's been they have discovered, um, and then they start digging up, digging up, and then they're planting it into the soil, thinking that they're cultivating it, but they're forgetting the relationship. So that plant has a relationship with the earth. Mm. Only so much of this plant can be produced per year, which pre- replenishes the earth mm. and it gives the plants its properties. So now I think. It's not only dangerous to the extinction of plants when then they find a plant that they now want to package mm. and patent. It's also, it also hurts the earth. Mm. There's nutrients from that plant that the earth gets when the plant has reached a certain time that the earth is no longer getting. Mm. Pella, the earth that we're on, we call our goddess Unum Kubulwan, and we know her for the harvest. We know her for the rain. Many of us picture her as the very earth on which we walk. Mm. So we keep on taking away from Unum Kubulwane, but we don't give anything back. Mm. Soil erosion happens, floods happen, um, drought happens, because we're stripping her, but we're not giving anything back to her. To replenish. Which yeah. I think this was the problem with, with Hudia, um, is that the, 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 the microbiologists got a patent for extracting the molecule that did what they said it mm. did. Then poor farmers got the patent for cultivating hudia, but still their studies didn't work out because unum kubulwane utu, you can't just take from me and not give anything back to me. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. So, uh, and, and I guess it, it touches on something else, which uh, fundamentally is this clash of civilizations of sort, mm, right? Mm. Um, and uh, it speaks volumes about how when we look at some of the uh, challenges and the prevalence now of uh, mental illness, least of all in the urban context. Mm. It also does speak to this dislocation from nature, Definitely. but also this dislocation from identity, from yeah. one's heritage. Um, and, 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 and I want us to maybe touch briefly, and we'll have to take a break soon, mm-hmm. but uh, how, do, how do we, in an urban context, as African people, continue to try and reconnect with that thing when mm. we're talking about debates on land, uh, but uh, many of us live in apartments, uh, you're on the second floor, Nepal Kone. how do you continue to create routines around mm. that that continue to connect you? Mm. Yeah, that's such a difficult one, hey? Because for me, even being in the urban is unnatural, mm. right? We've, we're losing. Other, okay, we're displaced because we don't have our land. Sure. But now we're around concrete. We hardly ever see trees. We hardly ever touch the soil. Yeah, but the trees are in the suburbs. It looks in our echo. So does it mean that we're not going to drive from Soweto to Emerentia Dam <laughs> so that we... You know, I, I don't have mm. an answer to this. It's 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 difficult because I can say have your urban garden. Now they're, you know, they're speaking about urban gardening where you can mm. have your... But it's not the same to have it in pot plants. So I don't know. 
I really don't know. Okay, <laughs> let's pause there and, uh, of course, inviting you uh, to uh, join in and weigh on on this conversation. You can give us a ring on 089-110-3377. 089-110-3377. Let's take this brief break and on the other side, we continue with our conversation. Stay tuned. Some throwbacks deserve a comeback. Hunters, the premium side, is on a mission to refresh cool and bring back the old school. Can you refresh cool? If so, tune in to 9 to Midnight with Centre this week and join the coolest conversation to share your throwbacks that deserve a comeback. Follow at Hunter's Cider and Metro FM on Facebook for more information. Brought to you by Hunters, the original cider that refreshes like nothing on earth. Drink responsibly, not for sale to persons under the age of 18. So then after that, we'll... 23 minutes it is now after 8 p.m. You tuned into Metro FM Talk with me, Ayabong Akawa. I'm in conversation uh, with uh, Snathamba Makanya. And we're talking about, uh, of course, uh, some of the vexing issues, uh, certainly as we think about a synthesis towards uh, bringing together African spirituality and centering it in uh, our clinical approaches to issues of mental health from a psychological perspective. And, uh, you know... Gokwa, I want us to maybe touch on the issue I was raising before we went to the break. Mm. How the urban context in many ways, I guess, uh, creates these tensions. And I was making an example to you uh, when we were off air about we're, we're in the month of June now. Yeah. And traditionally, that's the month um, in many of the provinces in our country where people undertake traditional initiation mm. uh, uh, ceremonies. And uh, I mean, I, I've often really been perplexed, right, uh, about how you have... Uh, this ritual of initiation in a context of landlessness, mm. right? So uh, you go, for instance, if you're in Cape Town and go and ask for land on the other side of the highway mm. uh, from Sandral to go and undertake your rituals. Yeah. And similarly, in many other parts of the Eastern Cape, you go and ask, you know, the Afrikaner farm owner yeah. to go and set aside some land for you every June and December for you to do those rituals. What impact, if any, does that have on how we properly do those rituals or not, and of course, by extension, on how it uh, then translates to things like mental illness on the other side. Yeah, today you're like <laughs> asking me the difficult questions. <laughs> um, again, I will go back to the starting point of if we spoke about the nature of the human being within a cosmology, then there's a structure to the cosmology, mm. there's an order of things. And that, as you were saying before, it presupposes a certain context sure. of the fact that there's land. Right, um, because certain sites are sacred, and they've me- they've been made sacred and been regenerated by certain healers, mm. and so the time ufiga corner already it's got that spiritual charge. So if you're going to ask uh, a farmer to put aside a piece of land uh, that you're gonna use almost two days. Uh, where's the spiritual charge mm. firstly mm. Mm. where are Amadlozi that we asked to come and grace whatever we'll be doing on this piece sure, of land sure. they need to sit there they need to stay there they need to clean out Imoyemi mm. they need to Amadlozi have their level of working so that by the time we come there already half the work is done mm. So what you're saying then to me, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm abstracting it. What you're saying to me is we've missed half of the process because Amadlozi have not come to that place to do their part of the work so mm. that whatever ceremony we're doing on that piece of land is blessed and regenerates the land. Mm. So w- there's a specific environment between the human and the environment. Whatever we do needs to regenerate the land, just like the land regenerates us. And so, guys, we need our land. Mm. Mm. 
let's take one of our callers here. I was calling us all the way out in Tswane. Uh, Tumelo, good evening to you and thank you so much for uh, joining us this evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And uh, please go ahead. All right. Um, you know what? Uh, my lady touched on something very powerful and I think we are... We as Africans have underplayed our own mythology. You look around, uh, our media, our culture has celebrated the mythology of other cultures and other nations. And African mythology has been very underplayed. Um, she touched on something about Unokubulwa. Mm. I, was, I was just asking very humbly if she could briefly explain who Unokubulwane is and sure. who Umvelinkanyi is. Okay. Because we don't know that. Awesome question there, Tumela. Thank you so much for that question. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that question. So again, the nature of the human, the structure of the human is that they exist within a cosmology. This cosmology has an order. And at the top, but not in terms of a hierarchy, at the top there is umvelingangi and unumkubulwan. Mm. We all have different understandings of, of this. Um, a lot of people will say then Umvilingange is the father and Unumkubulwane is the mother. All of it speaks to a duality, a balance between feminine and masculine elements. The Numkubulwane, Numkubulwane for me is the feminine face of God. Umvilingange for me is the masculine face of God. They came together and we were thus created and so some people find it controversial to when i say um uh is uh, god the father is the holy spirit god the mother and jesus is us because we are the produce of mm. Okay. Now I've got also got another question here from uh, uh, Disky Tactics, who says, and it goes back to the question that we were raising. And that was a class also. So you're gonna have to yeah, start reiterating <laughs> some of these things. Uti, can you please ask your guest what's her opinion on mass production of African herbs for traditional healers? Uh, was uh, this thing? What's this thing of farming umuti? And uh, I guess I. I that yeah. resonates with me because if you go to uh, my mai, yeah. uh, you'll find that uh, there's all manner of things there that you would find. And one gets a sense that there's some form of uh, production that happens somewhere Definitely. of all of those things. Uh, just uh, Is that different to, I guess, the example we were talking about of hoodia or uh, does it also replenish the earth in similar ways to what is needed? I mean, so this, is, this has become the problem is that in order for traditional healers to make money, you know, it has to be commodified. It had to be capitalized. It... Uh, They've had to fit into the system because mm. the system drowned them. Mm. And so this has then meant that we have... It even sounds weird saying that. <laughs> um, which means um, that Izangoma and Izinyangazalaikoli, because they don't have a felt that they can walk through and dig these, they then need to go and buy it from a, from a market. We don't know. And this is the problem. Is some of us are like, no, we're not going to buy a meeting from Gamaymai because we don't know We don't know who how it's cultivated. We don't know who's picked it. We don't know what the process was of mm. it being picked. I mean, I suppose it's the lesser evil. Gutinezangomazalaikoli have a meeting. But I also have questions around this. Sure, yeah. sure. Just as we, as we wrap up, and, and I want us maybe to come back 
uh, to uh, what this practically means for many people who are listening in, mm-hmm. uh, who feel dislocated. It might mm-hmm. be somebody who's sitting or someone who's sitting uh, in Mapetla uh, here in Soweto uh, or even someone who's all the way out in, uh, uh, you know, Tsanin, uh, uh, who feels dislocated from that sentient being mm. that all of us know mm-hmm. that uh, we come from a certain kind of lineage, heritage, um, and nembali yeah. that uh, requires certain things of us mm. uh, to uh, one express that African personhood. Um, how do we do that in spaces that one are diametrically opposed to the expression of that, mm-hmm. but we're never spatially created for, yeah. for that purpose? Well, you know, at some point we, le- we need to kind of get past um, the limitations that we have. Um, the most concrete resource that you have is yourself. Mm. So the education that we've gone through, the systems, everything that we are going through in the current time is specifically designed for you to be not only dissociated from the land, but also from self. Mm. So you don't sit with yourself and ask how you're feeling. You don't sit with yourself and ask, well, if I didn't have to become a domestic worker, what would I like to be doing? Mm. Because on most, in most, uh, in most instances, land doena that you really feel pushed to do is your calling. So the calling isn't about but to be a radio presenter is a calling. To be a teacher is a calling. So First, it starts with that connection with self. Uguti, okay, it's fine. I don't know my lineage. I don't know. There's a lot that we don't know, but what do I know? Who am I? Sure, sure. And I think once you start with the who am I, you will then want to connect to to your higher being, whether it's umvilingange, whether it's numkubulwane, whether it's a higher version of yourself. And then I think at least there's solace there because just like the structure of the human um, resembles the structure of the human cosmology, everything that you need, the land is inside mm. of you. Um, and if you connect to that river or that mountain inside of you, surely you'll be led to, 